Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Daybreak. I am your co-host, as always, Mark Coxon, AV Phenom, and I'm sitting here with my friend, Jared Hellman. How are you, Jared? Doing well. Doing, yeah. doing well. Yeah. How's the, uh, how's the entrepreneur life up in Saskatchewan going with your now two locations? Not two yet. Um, that one, the second one is proving to be more challenging than we uh, anticipated. It's very slow going, uh, but uh, we should have we should have it in the works by summer, which is which is encouraging. We've spent pretty much the entire first half of the year negotiating leases, which is uh, I don't know. That's new to me, right? Like I I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making this all up as I go, and so you know, negotiating leases, they call it. It sounds really fancy. And really, it's just like a back and forth of like, well, okay, if you do this, then I'll do that. Okay, <laughs> okay but if you do that, then then I want this. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, the, it's like, it's like the negotiation of like a breakup with like a semi-serious significant other, you know? Okay. Well, if, if you get the CD rack, then, then I, I want the dog done. Okay. And then if, okay, if you get the CD rack, then, you know, I don't know. It's just been interesting. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's just so you, bizarre. Do you guys get to play? Uh, now you're just somebody I used to know, like after yeah, the lease is signed. Is that what you I do? I feel like, I feel like that's what's coming. And the, you know, the irritating part is like, you have two people in between you, right? Cause you're like your realtor or leasing agent. And then they have their leasing agent, the landlord. Right. And it's like, I feel like if we could just get in a room with the landlord and be like, okay, Let's just hammer this out. But instead, you got to, you know, add some paid positions and bureaucracy and red tape in between the two so that you can employ some people. And I don't know. That's just weird. And it takes a long time. And it's frustrating. You, th- you think in Canada, you guys would just do it a lot easier. Be like, you know, we'll give you we'll give you eighteen hundred dollars yeah. a month. Eh? What do you think? No, you know, no, like- I, pr- I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I, no no I, I i promise if if this happens then then we got you yeah yeah we don't need we don't need paperwork it's fine you won't be sorry yeah you won't be sorry yeah no <laughs> no so uh any, anyways that but i mean by summer we should actually have our lease done this week and then you know starting to get our contractor in there in june and That's it'll good. be good yeah good. well it's a ton of mental capacity so i'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it but so, so fourth quarter, fourth quarter will be up and running strong for Hillman AV in Winnipeg. Yes. Yeah. In, in our, in our prairie twin, I'll call it. Your prairie twin. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. How about you? You got, um, you, you guys are relaxing down there. You got a yeah. recall coming. No, no, uh, no, no lease negotiations. No lease negotiations. We yes, we are renegotiating our contract with our current governor. Yes, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. You know, Caitlyn Jenner is running, so you know there's that. We have we have lots of options. We have lots yes. of options, Jared. How many how many candidates do you actually? How many announced people are there that are saying yeah. we're going to go for this? You know what? Honestly, I haven't I haven't listened too much. Um, hey, you're not really a politic, right? Like you're you're not really. No. And I'll tell you why. I think, you know, I might make a lot of people mad right now. Um, I think that most good solutions happen in the middle. I think that most politics right now is not designed to keep us in the middle anywhere, but it's 
designed to keep us on the edges and uh, away from one another. And so I think the whole system needs a flush. So I just, you know, I watch casually. And when it's time for me to vote, I go and I go and cast my ballot and I do, you know, what I think is best for, for where I live and, and who I know. And, uh, you know, hopefully it all works out, but yeah, I yeah. can't get, I can't get fanatic about, uh, about our system right now down here in the, in the U S for sure. Well, I think, I think, I think politics are a hard thing to get excited about in general. <laughs> Some people do. So I, I, oh, I know. That's I all, know. And, and if it's your thing, it, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. 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 But no, we, we are getting ready to go through that. So that'll be interesting. They did that. Um, you know, they did that a few years ago and that's how, uh, that's how California got Arnold. So, you know, that's we a, might, who knows, saying. we could get another celebrity governor here for some. Do you think, do you think that if the pandemic hadn't happened, that that recall wouldn't have happened because a lot of it might've been driven by just plain boredom. And, and you know what I mean? Like we've been, we're going on like 15 months of lockdown and restrictions and regulations and people are restless, you know, they're, yeah. they're so how many yeah. people wouldn't have cared if they were working every day, like normal and traveling like normal and they would have just let them ride it out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I think you're, you, you're probably right. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the complaints are very pandemic related, you know, and some of like the hypocrisy that came out with going out with friends when, when sure. you throw a lockdown and all that kind of stuff, all of that, you know, was pandemic related. But I also think it was probably harder to get the signatures during the pandemic because, you know, not as many people are out and about. So to well, get that I, many signatures during a lockdown is, is pretty good. No, it would have been easier. Everyone's at home. <laughs> just knocking knocking doors yeah. but you're not allowed you're not allowed to no you just no, set the clip no set two, the clipboard down and then no two run family away gatherings feet. yeah exactly <laughs> throw it at the door and then they and then... hit and run <laughs> throw it at the door like a like a like a boy it's just uh just some people on bicycles throwing clipboards at doors like a like an old like a what chris elliott and get a life right just a clunking at the door <laughs> anyways well, Paul. yeah. So the world's, you know, the world's clicking along. Hey, you know what? Talking about the world clicking along. Um, yes. I actually got to go out to an in-person event. I am last, jealous. Last week. You believe yeah. that? Like yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. We, we had more than six people in one place. It was crazy. And I can't even remember. Yeah. I can't even remember the last time. I mean, we, I've been to restaurants and stuff, but an, an actual yeah. event would be, would be nice would be something different. And when I was at the event, I saw, um, I saw someone that we're going to have on the show today. You know, we're going to have a guest. Did yes. I tell you that? Yep. Tell okay, good. Yeah, I'm um, glad we have a guest on. <laughs> um, so when I was at the show, uh, I bumped into a gentleman named Hal Truax. And Hal is one of those people, interestingly enough, where that I've lived in California 12 years. And Hal lives within an hour of me, and we had to go to Las Vegas to meet each other <laughs> <laughs> in person. That's always that's always interesting in our industry. I, I find that like the people that I see at trade shows, we like hang out and we really live within like 15, 20 minutes of each other many times. But okay, uh, so quick quick question about the trade show before yeah. we before we get to Hal. Was it like when people walked in there and everyone saw each other, was it like a re-emerging after like a tornado? I, I get the sense that like everyone like walked into the event, like, you know, wiping their face and kind of like brushing their clothes off and coming out to see like 
who's alive still, who's around, yes. you know, who, who's changed, um, almost like, yes. you know, the resurgence of an apocalypse. Like, I just feel like. Yeah, it was like, um, it was like when, uh, you know, it was like when the Avengers undid the snap, you know, right. and all the people who had vaporized all of a sudden just reappeared. They just reappeared right. in current time, not knowing what had, what had happened. Exactly. And now it's just referred to as the blip. The blip. Yes, we had a blip. Um, <laughs> you know what? It, it, it was kind of like that in a way. I mean, I think everybody came in a little stunned, like wondering what protocol was going to be as far yeah. as like, how do I greet people? Do I shake hands? Do I hug somebody Do I know, that I know? Do I stay six feet apart? Um, mm -hmm. you know, they took, they did a good job. They took temperatures. They, they, uh, reinforced some messaging around, you know, social distancing and all that. They did sure. require masks, uh, while inside, unless you were on a panel presenting was the only caveat and the presenters had separate tables away from each other. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was a little bit like a blip, but I think, I think after being there about maybe 15 minutes and you bump into the first one or two people you knew. Uh, it was good, but we can ask Hal too what he thinks because I know he was there too. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was. It was very much. It was very much like the blip, Jared. I think you're right. I think this is an Avengers moment. Well, let's let's get Hal on see his take. This was you know and this was this was Cavlo. This was Cavlo. Yeah, Cavlo yeah. Tech. Yeah. And we had we had okay. Mike Brown on um, yeah. our show, so if people want to hear about the beginning of the show, they could they go back and listen to Mike Brown. I you know what in honor in honor of um in honor of the avengers and cavlo i'm going to use tony stark's phone to call hal <laughs> okay i don't know what that's going to sound like yet I don't know so that. <laughs> whoever's doing to... post whoever's doing post on this we can can add in what they think tony stark's phone sounds like yeah bill ted, or ted the producer he'll have to, he'll have to yes throw that in there. ted the producer yes exactly <laughs> all right i'm going to get him Welcome back, sir. All systems for gaming will be prepared in a few minutes. For now, feel free to grab a cup of coffee and have a good day. Hal, are you there? Hello, hello. Good morning, sir. Hey, how are you doing? We are we are great. We Jared Jared is here. Hey Jared. Here I am. Mr. Hal? Yeah, good morning. Well, Hal, Jared and I were talking before I called you about um, about the trade show uh, that we got to go to Cavalo Tech in Vegas. And uh, he was saying he imagined it was it was somewhat somewhat like like coming in from a from a rough storm or or being uh, revaporized after the uh, the Avengers blip in uh, in in game. What did you think of the of the show? What were your impressions of getting back together in person? Well, I was super excited actually to be able to go and see people, and I didn't know really what to expect. Um, and uh, upon arrival and everything, uh, it was very familiar. You know, uh, there was exhibitors, there was people that we all knew, uh, yep. there was cool products, and, and people. The sentiment of, of the people at the show, whether you're uh, an attendee or an exhibitor, was everybody was super excited to. Um, to see people and fist bump uh, while social distancing and we were all masked up and everything and every the all the guidelines the cdc guidelines and stuff were, were followed but it was like a i think the sentiment was it was like a breath of fresh air and a little bit uh the world resembled 
what we were used to, uh, what we've all experienced in AV for years. Uh, walking a trade show floor, seeing cool products, uh, having breakout sessions, uh, going to get lunch with people we knew, and, and all that type of stuff, right? It was just, which was fiction until that show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even, I even, despite, despite me having to sacrifice my girlish figure, I, I had a bacon cheeseburger and a beer with some people, you wow. know, after the show. Look out. Can you yeah, believe yeah. that? Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, I, I had a beer for lunch. Yep. You know, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was craziness, uh, but it was, it was, I think, you know, I came away feeling, um, I felt positive after the show. It was, it was, you know, it was a small show. I think it, they executed the show very well, but it really did. The sentiment was just getting to see people and talk to people, sit around a table and, uh, and, and just re-engage on a, a, you know, a personal level. Um, we all miss that social interaction. You know, I mean, we're sitting here on this, uh, not, not face to face, and this is what we're used to. And it, it was really, really good to get back to the old days. Yeah. How, how were you uh, just just because you're you're with Hall Technologies, which is a, is a manufacturer, right? That's correct. So were you attending or were you an exhibitor there? So so it's a great question. So we were thinking about exhibiting, um, but we're going through a rebranding process right now. We were Hall Research for like 35 years. And in January 25th, we rebranded as Hall Technologies. So okay. all of our collateral. Um, we haven't completed the rebrand yet. So it would have seemed, um, I think, unprofessional for us to be there. We'll be ready to, to show at Infocom if indeed that happens. But um, I was there, I got to walk the show, but um, I moderated a panel. There was a women's panel about best practices in tech. Um, I got to moderate that panel and Mike let me go walk the show and see people. And uh, so uh, I was very fortunate in the way that I was able to do that. Uh, and it was good. The women's panel was good. Uh, uh, Mark and I talked before and after that. Uh, so it, it was really, uh, it was really good. And so Hall, you know, Hall wasn't there as an exhibitor. Um, some of our competitors were there and there were some other cool things. Uh, DP had a great booth and Nanolumens and some of the video people had really nice setups. So you're saying that Hall will be ready for the next uh, post-pandemic trade show? Uh, yeah, and I, we hope that's we hope that's in Infocom. You know, if that goes on as planned. So, we uh, have designed a new booth. We spent a lot of money on that new booth and that branding, and uh, it's going to look a lot different. Um, coming to you know, people are going to say it doesn't look like the old Hall Research. And I think anybody's familiar with us if they go to our website, it looks much different. It's it's more consumer. It's more customer facing. More. Um, end user messaging, uh, that type of stuff. And, you know, for forever, for 35 years, we weren't a sales and marketing company. We were a company designed and invented by an engineer um, with world-class products, but, but we weren't a sales and marketing company. And now we're evolving in a lot of ways, but uh, uh, some of it is surely that messaging and that branding. And so uh, go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was going to ask, because both of you, I, re I remember talking to Mike about this, and both of you were there, and one of the biggest things he wanted about the show was he kind of wanted to bring that old feeling back of region, access, you know, because just, and only because you brought up Infocom and you redesigned your booth, and it made me think, I, I just had a mental tangent when you said 
you know, you've spent a lot of money redesigning your booth. And I thought, oh yeah, the booths at, at shows like Infocom are so extravagant and they're hard to get access sometimes. And I remember Mike saying Cavill was about bringing everyone back together. So how did you feel between the two of you who attended? Like, how did you guys, was it like that? Did you feel like this is what it used to be like? This is, this is what I remember. This is what, how, how did sure. that go? It felt familiar for sure. And it was really comforting. Uh, familiar faces, of course, familiar brands. Um, but that, that feeling of walking a trade show floor and going from exhibitor to exhibitor um, was really familiar and, and it, was, it was a welcome sight actually. So I think, you know, the, the experience and the whole regional um, mentality that Mike had of, of an intimate show, bringing people together from a certain region that most of the people were in the same, same time zone. Um, I, I think it was really, uh, it was really needed, much needed. And it was really, really cool to get in there and it was familiar. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll echo that. It was, a, it was a, an intimate show, I guess, in a way, you know, um, because it, it is your regional people. You know, I know many times at Infocom, you know, you go to the booth and you ask for the person that you know from your territory and maybe they're at the booth at that time, maybe they're not, maybe they're with somebody. Um, you know, sometimes Infocom, it is hard to pin down the person you want to see um, specifically. I know I've been to Infocom before where I've looked for somebody, you know, three or four times in the booth and never, never really caught up with them. Right. And um, this was definitely, you know, you could get one on one time with someone um, not only to catch up, but to learn if you needed to learn something for your business. I mean, everybody's business is kind of undergoing one of these reemergences too, Jared. Right. So um, I think that, I think that Mike did a good job of pulling that off. And I'll tell you as a, as a manufacturer that, you know, as, as someone who worked for a manufacturer for seven years before I, I came back towards the distribution side, um, it, I, I did a lot of those shows. I did a lot of those regional shows or dealer-based shows or, uh, you know, shows put on by integrators, et cetera, where you, you come in and you show up and the, the 10 people in your region that represent the other 10 best brands are all there and you're next to each other for a day. And uh, that's what it felt like to me. So I, I enjoyed it very much from that perspective. Hal, you mentioned, um, you mentioned this rebrand. And this was interesting to me because I'll tell you, um, Hall Research is somebody that I became familiar with in I think 2005 and how I became familiar with Hall Research is I was working for a um, I was working for a company that did mostly residential and we were doing for one of our construction partners we were redoing some of their uh, training rooms and we needed a way to imagine this Jared there are there are these connectors these old connectors that had like nine pins on them that carried video. They were called VGA. And I needed a way to, to like auto switch two of them. So if you had two coming in, it would pick one and send it to the projector. And it would do that automatically. Like if somebody plugged into the podium, the podium like was the automatic, you know, input and the others it, were. It would become the priority. Yes, it would. When you plugged in, it would <laughs> automatically switch. It would see that there's video there and it would automatically switch that one up so you didn't have to do anything um, right. from a user perspective and at the time almost I'll like you, switching priorities yes and at the time it was hard in 2005 there weren't a lot of companies out there making a switch that you could switch vga with like that auto 
that didn't require like programming or a special dealer or anything like that. So I found this company, Hall Research in California. I was living in Arizona and boom, it showed up and it, and it worked. And now, so you guys have gone from Hall Research Technologies. You've dropped the research, right? Yes, we have. Hall, Hall Technologies. No, no more HRT. No, no. It's HG, much like me. I'm HG. There, and it's Hal Truax. <laughs> and, and it is, it's, it's very much different as far as like the logos and all that thing. It seems like there's a, there's a fit and finish there um, that you're pushing out in that. What, what prompted that is, well, do you know well, what prompted the rebrand? I I, okay. I, I do. So, you know, we, we, uh, we've got a new CEO, we've got a new marketing director and we've got me, I'm in charge of sales and marketing, but what we wanted to convey and it was, and it was all brought on by, by the pandemic, uh, you know, we, the world has changed and, and um, post-pandemic world and, and pro-AV, I think becomes more of a, of a, a linchpin to how we communicate, how we work, how we play, all that type of stuff, right? And, and we had a legacy company that made cool products. We wanted to shift our focus to make more holistic end-to-end -end solutions that solved um, some of the most pressing problems in the world today, you know, how we communicate at work. Uh, we're focused right now on education, um, uh, helping teachers, uh, helping the whole efficacy of, of education, helping teachers re-engage with students because student engagement is low. So we wanted to rebrand and we, we were a hardware company primarily that made products. Now we're making end-to-end -end solutions and we're focusing on the software, uh, which is new for us. Um, you know, you mentioned before that VGA switcher didn't require any programming. It was a hardware-based device and it worked really cool. We still make stuff like that that works really cool, but now we're layering in um, proprietary software and embedded software uh, features to our products. We just invented uh, or designed a new cloud system where everything is cloud-based, uh, less widgets in the room, and it's scalable and it's, it's globally executable. You can manage a building, you can manage a country, you can manage uh, stuff all over the world from a single dashboard. So, you know, we're, we're the same company, but we're quite, quite different. Um, and we're small enough and agile enough to, to, to change up what we're doing uh, because we weren't tied to these legacy platforms that some of the other companies are, you know, have developed and spent millions and millions of dollars developing. They've got infrastructures around the, around the globe. Um, we didn't have that. We were unburdened. Um, so I think the stuff that we're introducing now, people didn't expect to come from Hall Research and it probably wouldn't have. So that's why the rebrand, uh, we want people to know we're different uh, from the products, from the way we look at solving some of these issues. It's just a different philosophy. And that's driven by our CEO, Jason Schwartz. He's super aggressive. He comes from, uh, he worked for Sony years ago. He worked for uh, Sanyo, but he, most recently he took uh, Razer into mobile gaming, uh, that Razer company. And he, yeah. he, he created that whole division. And he's very forward thinking. And uh, we're not in any box. We're totally, uh, we're almost to the bleeding edge, but we're on the cutting edge of stuff. So we're, we're definitely a new company. How, how, long, how long has the rebranding been going on, Hal? Uh, it started January 25th is when we, uh, we announced it to the world. Um, so we're well underway. Uh, 
we, we announced that rebrand on the 25th, the following week, we announced our Hive suite of products that are uh, cloud-based architecture. So it was kind of a one-two punch. Uh, and shortly before that, they announced me. And shortly before that, they announced uh, Jason Schwartz. So we've had uh, a lot of changes in a short amount of time. Um, I just added to our sales team, I added uh, another regional sales manager. So we've got the country split up into fourths versus thirds. Um, we just hired a guy named Brian Schumacher. He comes from Peerless AV. He's really accomplished, uh, was one of their leading salespeople year after year. So um, we're changing, we're growing, and we're, um, we're innovating. It's really, really cool. I, I, I hate to say it, Hal, but I think you guys missed a golden, a golden opportunity in your in your rebrand here looking just looking at everything and knowing about rebrands in our industry um you should have added the world word experience in and put an x in there somewhere because that would have really that would have got you some industry response right away is that right <laughs> I, I think i think the the poor folks at uh infocom avixa I think they got. I think they got more hassle for adding the X into our industry than than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no such thing as bad press, right? Right. Exactly. You should have just HXT Hall Experience <laughs> Technologies. I, I think. I think it would have. I see. I don't know. It's well, just me. I'm just well, thinking. It's a good point because because we really are focused on the experience and trying to make a, a more seamless experience, uh, a more user friendly experience, right? And we all talk about that. Uh, how things have changed uh, distance learning, hybrid classrooms, uh, hybrid office space, you know, and, and it, it has to be about the experience. Uh, we're, we're still going to leave the X out of that mark. Just Man. Small technologies, but we, would, we are focused on the experience. You, you know, I can't, I can't uh, not try to put my stamp on things. I, I try to stamp everything. We love it. Well, you, there, you've got, you've got an X in your name. It's perfect. Exactly. It, exactly. You can't spell coxswain without an X. Yeah. Well, you can, but then you have to use some letters that do, do not help me with not getting made fun of when I'm five years old. So, Understood. Um, so with that, you know, you, you said you came over this year and Jared and I always like to get a little background on the people that come on our show. It's just something that we do. We, we do a little research, right, Jared? He's gone. We lost Jared. He, 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 the snow, the snow picked Jared he, off. He, no, we, he's we, making we breakfast or something. We, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to get some lucky charms in. Um, no, I mean, we try to do research. Yeah, I was just actually looking at the Hal's LinkedIn here. He's got a pretty strong background with some pretty well-known brands, actually. So Hal, even given, I've heard of them up here. Even, even you have up in, <laughs> up in the Great White North. Yeah. Despite despite your your focus on negotiating leases lately, that's right. Uh, so, how tell us a little bit? You know, it looks like when I go back here into your uh, into your background, um, you share a little a little Arizona heritage with me because you were at a company called OmniMount. They were in Arizona. Were you the Cal Were you still living in California at the time, or did you go out? Did you move out no, to Phoenix I'm for a while? I was living in Gilbert and the, the company was right on the border of Ahwatukee, Tempe and Phoenix, you know, kind of like at 48th and baseline yep. up, up by Russell's Roost. Um, uh, so yeah, I was there for a long time and we, we built that company um, pretty quickly and it was a good time. It was high margin. It, it was uh, when flat panels were just coming out and uh, you know, there was only a few, a uh, few map manufacturers. There was, there was Sanus, there was Chief, uh, there was us, there was Peerless. There wasn't too many other mount manufacturers, so we had a, a great time of it. 
uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you well, you just mentioned my whole my old my old uh, stomping grounds. I went to Gilbert and Highland High School, so I lived in Gilbert for for years. Oh, really? And and kicked around Awatuki because there was a uh, Fairtex, the kickboxing gym I used to go to, was in Awatuki right there uh, off the freeway. I, in fact, I was at Rustler's Roost in December when my wife was doing a show there in Arizona and had the, had the deep fried rattlesnake. We ate the snake, of course. you know? So yeah, I, that's, uh, that's where I grew up. That's a, that's a cool little space out there. I do I see, no, you go ahead. You, no, go I was ahead. gonna say, I, I, I do see, I do see something. I do have a question for Hal, cause I, I see a brand on there that I'm very curious to see how something played out. Yep. I think it was, I think it was, it was for Crimson. So you were with Crimson AV, Hal? I was. I was Admit there. It. I was there a, a <laughs> four years. Were you not yeah, from? Were you or were you not with Crimson? Hal, can AV? you can um, you tell me who you were employed with from 2018 <laughs> to September of 2020? Yeah. Can you yeah. tell the court? It's a lie. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was at Crimson AV and 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 uh, I was a VP of Sales and Marketing there. And what what question do you have that's pressing? Because indeed I was there. Okay, so they released Crimson AV. I knew them for uh, mounts. Yes, that's what that's what I knew them mostly for. But then, at the at the the, the break of the pandemic, they launched like a, a, a some sort of LCD like alert machine kind of a wellness know? station. The wellness station. That's right. I want to know because I think a lot of brands jumped in on that and. Um, I've always been very, it, it was a product that I, I, as a company, we teetered on even offering it because it's, it's out of our wheelhouse, right? Like that's not as like an AV integrator, it wasn't quite something that we do. It wasn't quite something we wouldn't do. And so we, we teetered on it and then we decided, you know what, we don't want to jump on that bandwagon. Um, it seems like everyone and their dog is selling temperature screens now. Um, how did that go? How did that product actually do as far as getting out there? being bought into being used and 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 i mean i guess you could speak to it as like a technology in general more specific to the wellness station you know itself but yeah so the product did really well and we were we were early to market um there was and what was unique about it i guess is is it was manufactured in the usa everything except for the sensor and the um the small screen it was an lg screen um but it was it dispensed hand sanitizer and it had slots for masks and gloves if people wanted to dispense masks. I do gloves. remember it, it was, yes, an all-in-one. Yeah. yeah, and then it, it, it had some messaging about um, protocol, social distancing, washing your hands, all that type of stuff. It would read your temperature and it would tell you, you know, we used them in, in doors, uh, entrances to retail. We used them in, in events. We used them in sporting uh, uh, locations and so forth. And it would tell you if you needed secondary screening or if you were okay to pass. And it was actually, it was kind of early adopted and a lot of people, a lot of people used it. The market subsequently became flooded with a, a lot of imported small tablets and different a number features. Of yeah, it got, it got really convoluted. It was hard to make decisions, but our, our thought was, you know, on this piece, so say the pandemic goes away and it's it's just in the history books. Yeah. This piece had a large enough screen, um, people, and it had hand sanitizer. People use that in grocery stores for years, right? They used hand sanitizer before they touched a cart or something. But there was the screen is large enough. We could talk about produce. We could talk about what's on sale 
in the store. It could give other types of messaging. It wasn't a it wasn't a single purpose device. It had legs after the pandemic, where some of these other small right. screens uh, post pandemic. I don't I don't know what. What, what are you going to do with a seven inch Android tablet yeah. on your counter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was our thought. You know, it was it was kind of, uh, and we could incorporate local messaging uh, during you know, during the pandemic that, that talked about different stuff. So people could, uh, and they can make that change very easily. We had two platforms. We had a Windows platform and then we had a BrightSign platform and that BrightSign platform was uh, constructed uh, all by a, an integrator or, or a content provider that's in Southern California. Um, uh, I, I think I know who that is, probably Red Dot Media. Red Dot, digital media. Yeah, Daryl and his team. And, you know, they do all BrightSign's messaging and, and content and so forth. And Daryl's businesses in Carlsbad. So uh, it was really easy for me to go, uh, you know, collaborate with him and, and, and get something that was really cool. So Jared, we've talked about these tablets yes. before. And interestingly enough, you know, when I changed, when I changed positions here uh, in April, the company I went to, and I'm not going to plug the brand or anything, but the company I went to, we distribute some of those. Um, we sold thousands right. of them, like over, over 5,000 of them, you know, within Crazy. a year. Um, there is definitely, there was definitely a need in a market for those, if you knew kind of what that was, but I think, you know, I think you're right. As far as like knowing the contacts, I really think, you know, the facilities managers at companies were probably the better people to be talking to than the AV people. Um, right. Because they're the people that were thinking about how are we distancing? How are we reinitiating entrance and exit into the space? Um, you know, so I think there was a IT component to it because it touches the network. And so of course our usual decision makers and technology are IT people, but I think there's a, there was a big facilities contingent to making those decisions too. And so I think, you know, security and access control companies and folks like that probably, um, you know, may have been the ones that found, you know, some success with those as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I like, I, I, I can appreciate the, the forethought that you know, Crimson had to say, okay, we know that this is not going to be used potentially like this forever. So let's make sure that it can be used for something after. Cause yeah, I just, I, I can just see all these tablets, especially, you know, those little seven inch and 10 inch kind of um, Android, Android based tablets, you know, they're, they're going to go nowhere. My, my thought is that in two years, they're going to end up in the garbage. They're going to be recycled, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that you know, we we tried to 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 think beyond that for sure. You know, uh, that it could still be used, and that was part of our value proposition. You can still use it for sure. for signage for for all that type of stuff afterwards. So, you know, it, it was it was it was actually true. Okay, how, well, how going back to our going back to our investigation of prosecution uh, going back to alibis for periods of time. Yeah. Yes. Sir. Um, <laughs> So the other one that I saw here that I thought was fun, um, good guys. So 96 to 2003, you were at good guys. And for those who don't know, good guys was, was kind of like a, the, a best buy, right? It was a consumer electronics store. Yeah. Back in the day, there was, there was good guys. There was ultimate electronics. There was best buy. There was circuit city. Um, and, and a bunch of regional, you know, uh, uh, HH Greg, whatever. There was a lot of regional, big box retail, right? It, uh, brick and mortar retail was a thing. Um, so my stint with the good guys, it was interesting how it started. Um, I had an integration company in Northern California um, 
and the the manager of the good guys would would funnel all his jobs to me, right? So somebody come in and spend a hundred thousand dollars at the good guys, and they call me and they say, "Hey, can you go see this guy George and and design a system for him? Here's all the stuff we sold. Can you put it in for him, really?" And so I was thinking about that, and and uh, I asked if I could get a meeting at corporate. You know, I was just a small integrator, and uh, so I went to Brisbane to corporate good guys and um, pitched them on custom install. I said, your last touch with the customer is a third-party contractor. Um, to me, I would think the last touch with the customer should be somebody from the good guys because a third-party contractor like myself, I'm going to tell them, well, I can sell you the monster cable for half the price. I can sell you these brands. I can do this stuff. And by the way, return your warranty because you don't need it or something. You know that your last touch should be company-based. So I started, um, I helped start the custom installation in 73 stores at, at the, in that chain. That's kind of how I got started in, in that group. And I had uh, 220 employees, 120 vans, and, uh, and trained the salespeople how to sell in the home. And uh, went out and, and installed and designed systems on behalf of the good guys. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember good guys. I, I didn't, I don't think I'd ever been in a good guy store, but you know, in Arizona, cause good guys was a California thing, right? Did, yep. were they back, were they back East too? No, four States. So okay. it, was, it was California, Oregon, Washington, and Nevada. We had, okay. we had two stores in Las Vegas. Gotcha. Yeah. So I remember, you know, in our area in Arizona, it was, um, you know, obviously I think everybody had Best Buy, but we had ultimate electronics was kind of our our good guys. And we had a company called Showcase uh, Home Entertainment. Oh, they were cool. Showcase. Yeah. I remember that. Well, here's, here's a word association for you. So we're totally going to leave Jared out of the loop here. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the first two words and we'll see if you can pick up the second two words. So I'll say the company and you say either the, it's either the tagline or, or the rest of their company name. How's that? Just oh, for a couple of pressure, couple regionals. So Buzz Jensen. Buzz Jensen. That's Jensen Audio Video. Yep. Buzz, right? Buzz Jensen's. Oh gosh. I'm okay. You're stumping me now. I'm, this is bad. Buzz, is Buzz Jensen's Sound Advice. Oh, okay. Sound Advice. Oh, okay. See, wait, wait, one wait more. I need one more dark. now. Way to leave me in. The okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're totally. Mark, we're totally Mark, just. Mark, yeah, yeah we just kicked everybody out. We kicked Jared out of the. We kicked Jared out of the car, and then Dennis Sage. Dennis Sage. God, he's one of my really good friends. Um, this one's easy. It's just a H E. Dennis Sage, huh? It's just the rest of his company name. Dennis Sage Home Entertainment. There you go. Easy yeah. enough. Well, he the was little awesome, guys. man. He, the little guys. During, during his peak, he was doing 6,000 rooftops a year. You know, yep. he was killing it. He's a great guy. Um, and uh, so we can loop Canada back in. You know, Jared, I, I don't want to plug people uh, gratuitously, but um, we just signed a deal uh, for national distribution in Canada. Um, so our products are in stock. I can probably and... guess who. Pardon me? I think I can guess. Can there I guess you go. Yeah, now it's oh, Jared, Jared quiz time. Do I get to play? Yes. yes. Uh, would it, is it possible that it's with Data Visual? It is with Data Visual. That's a really good guess. Yeah, we just uh, signed exclusive national distribution in Canada with Data Visual. And... They have a, a really good team there, by the way. Like all, all of their, they're some of my favorite reps there. Yeah, I, I love those guys and we're really yeah. good friends with, I, I took Crimson up there when I was at Crimson. So I got to yep. know uh, the, the CEO, she 
actually she you know she lives in canada so she comes to our house to vacation because <laughs> and, the and they're always the best dressed they're always the best dressed at infocom every year what, and i don't know yeah, if you guys know what they what they, infocom what they do, but infocom june in orlando it was sweltering <laughs> and they had on plaid flannel shirts and, yep. and they're wearing yeah red and black flannel yeah it was it i love that's awesome, that's who cool. those guys are that's yeah, who that team is yeah, yeah. team yeah. canada team hey, they're very identifiable. Go just ahead, going Jared. Through, just, just going through your your resume here again. Have you almost worked, starting with, well, maybe Omnimount and then Peerless, but since then, you've almost worked uh, downwards in size of company. Is that, would that be a true statement? Um, I, I believe that's true. So, yeah. And how have you found we, that? At, at Omnimount, we, we got up to, you know, we were like 150 million when I decided to leave, and and Peerless was uh, was that size. I think the reason um, for that uh, is as I get older and and I think I get more full of myself. Maybe I want to have a bigger voice, <laughs> sure. and I want to be able to affect the culture a little bit more. It's really interesting to me, and to take a smaller company uh, and you know double sales or quadruple revenue after they've been flat for a lot of years that's really i feel a sense of accomplishment and yeah. it's a really good brand i like to turn people on to these brands that are that are under service that really um, that really can stand on their own two feet against the big brands so what's been your so i i like that chain of thought now thanks for asking that question jared uh, what is what do you um, I'm kind of the same way, by the way. I, I worked, you know, my first tech job was for IBM. My second was for a six-person company that we grew to like 150, right, uh, people within four or five years. And so I like, I like that kind of small, uh, small A-team mentality and, and how, to, how are we going to grow scale and get awareness for a business. Um, what do you think your biggest um, asset has been, Hal, in helping, you know, brands like that? gain? Because it sounds like you've, you've made an impact everywhere you've went. It sounds like you have a pretty good big picture mentality. You know, if, if somebody was looking to add somebody to their small team um, to turn that corner, what should they be, what should they be looking for as business owners, you know, to start that new market, that new territory? I mean, what, I'm what taking traits, notes. what traits? Well, taking see, Jared, this is what I, this is what I was yeah, thinking. I'm really, like, Jared, <laughs> I'm, Jared I'm, needs somebody in Winnipeg to, to yeah. pioneer this office. How help Jared here. hire somebody in Winnipeg to, to lead a new office? What traits should he be looking for in someone to do that? So, you know, from my viewpoint, I like to look for people that are high energy, but are entrepreneurial, right? That, that approach the business like it's their own business. Um, have all the all the uh, energy and vitality uh, that an entrepreneur would have, and have a, a more um, more creative, uh, uh, out of the box type of thinking. You know, uh, uh, not be constrained by conventional thinking. Uh, disruptive is a word that's used in our industry uh, far too often, I think. But somebody that can be disruptive, and and you know, you look at a business, um, and maybe throw caution to the wind. And, and try new stuff. Don't be afraid to try um, new products, new services, a uh, new way to do things. And, and what's always helped me um, is, is trying to look at things from 360 degrees. And what I mean by that is 
when we're doing something, I put myself in the end user's shoes. I put myself in the integrator's shoes. I, I try to look at everything from the, all those vantage points and think, well, if, what's the upside for the end user? And, and what's the upside for the integrator? Because the integrator is my customer. Um, you know, I know what the upside for us is, but I try to look at it from other people's um, points of view because it's got to be good for everybody if you're going to have a long-term successful business. It, it can't just be good for, let's use Hillman AV. It's got to be good for yeah. Hillman's customers. It's got to be great for Hillman's employees. And, and how do you construct a business like that? If you're able to do that and scale that, then you're going to be successful. I like that. Perfect. I like that idea of um, almost empathy, right? The, the customer empathy journey. Like what problem are we trying to solve for the person that's going to end up with this in their hands? you know, day in, day out, every single day. And then all the people that touch that to get it there, you know, what's going to be their experience as well right. with the product or service as it goes through. And then being able to really design something and say, I mean, I, mean, I almost think that too many companies, uh, I'll go out on a limb and say that I think too many companies ignore that part, even in deciding on whether they're going to go into that business or not. Like, I think that's a great exercise for, I'm thinking about starting XYZ company. You go through that process and you go, am I actually going to add value to this market that's unique and different? Or, or am I just coming in here to try to capitalize on a trend? And am I going to be, you know, just fighting as another competitor telling the same story? And I think it, temperature sensing tablets. Yeah, right. Like, yes. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you, you have to look at and say, okay, that's a, that's a market trend we're uniquely positioned to fulfill it and it will add value to people. So we will take that for now. It's not the future of our business. I mean, there's things like that, but I think too many people start a business based on a trend and not really looking at kind of like their holistic, I guess, uh, value. I, long agree, term. I agree with that. One thing yep. I, one thing I left out, you know, and, and it's amazing. I've helped about, I don't know, maybe about a hundred people in my life find a good company to work for that like I liked putting good companies and good people together right because it's synergistically uh, uh, it's a synergistic experience it's win-win but one of the things that I ask people is, is I ask them what are you passionate about they've been interviewed a million times or maybe a hundred times and um, nobody's ever asked them that and I think that's really important to be successful where's your passion and then play to that passion um, and then to get back to this this thing about the customer experience and, and all that stuff and what's got to be long-term. You know, you mentioned, Mark, that some people get in it just because it's a trend or maybe it's a quick dollar or something like that. And there's a lot of people, you know, in AV that, that, that offer similar products. And, you know, when I came to this company, um, I wanted to come work here. I sought this position out. Um, and I've written two letters to our senior management um, about what's different about us and what's different about us it is part of that customer experience. Our support is world-class. Our service after the sale is world-class. And I think that's important. You've got to, whenever your business you're in, you're going to sell a product or service. You've got to take care of that customer and treat them really well during the sale, but post-sale too. And that's where maybe a lot of companies fail. I've, I've been involved with companies whose tech support or service after the sale was substandard yep. compared to the sales experience. And that's where some, some people mis-execute. What's funny is our, uh, our corporate profile um, that, that I wrote 
I, I literally say in there that we don't sell anything that isn't available by basically three to four other companies in our area. Cause, and then I talk about what we do bring to the table, right? Like I call out the fact that we don't sell anything special. We don't offer any products that aren't available from two to three, four other companies, sometimes 10 other companies, as I learned yesterday on a site walk through 20 Eight. other companies. <laughs> 18. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, you, <laughs> Yeah. Jared's Jared sends me a picture of a site walk somewhere in Canada <laughs> and he's got the, he goes, all of these people are from individual companies and he has note, he has put it numbers on the top of everybody's heads to show me that there are 20 people 18. at this site, 18 people at this site. Wow. Walk. Yeah. 18 people at a site walkthrough. I, I pretty much, you know, five minutes in when I got there, there were seven. And then by the time we started the walkthrough, there were 18 and I'm thinking, I'm, I think I'm just going to leave. But, um, <laughs> You know, a couple of follow-up questions to, to what you brought up there, Hal, is one, are you passionate about minus 30 degrees Celsius? And two, how do you feel about Canada? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, and three, so, are you happy at Hall? Okay. Jared's, so Jared's I'll, answer, I'll answer them out of order. So I'm, I'm super happy at Hall and I'm really excited to come to work every day, it, which right, is, it's, it's a up. great feeling. Um, I love Canada though. Um, you know, I went up to, uh, I went up there, I went to someplace, uh, uh, gosh, I can't think of the city now, I'll think of it, it's, it's where Data Visual is, is located. Um, Ottawa? Yeah, I went to Ottawa, and I went to a little suburb there, and went to this place called the Nordic Spa, I don't know, it, and it's this big outdoor place, and it's got all these pools, it's got pools that are freezing, and pools that are hot, and it's got saunas, and it's got, a, and it was in the middle of winter, it was snow everywhere. And it was a cool, very cool experience. I went from freezing to, to boiling uh, in, in minutes. So I love Canada, but, and then the last part, minus 30 degrees Celsius, even minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit, I'm not a fan. Uh, I'm a beach guy, I'm a SoCal guy. So, um, That's fair. you know, uh, but I do love Canada and it, it's one of my, my favorite places to do business. Um, and it's curious, most people in the US think that it's just an extension of, of the US, they don't understand that doing business in Canada is much different than here. And uh, yes, um, and, and, and I think I get it. So, uh, so it's a lot of fun for me to go up there. All right, yeah. I tried. I you, tried. You Jared, you're recruiting, you're <laughs> recruiting California hard. I would say, yeah. I would say the second biggest behind Texas, the second biggest entity trying to bring Californians out of California is Jared Hillman, trying to get them to come <laughs> up to, to Canada, right behind yep. Texas. Either, I'm waiting for my opportunity to come down there, actually. But after after the recall, yeah, I don't, after, want, to, I don't want to have to go through that. that. <laughs> yes, we, you'll come. We'll give you a tour. There when Governor go. when Governor Jenner reigns supreme, Jared Hillman will be moving yes. to yeah. Southern California and hanging out with us, Hal, instead. I'll, well, I'll take you up on the tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to do uh, Disneyland, Legoland, and Hall Technologies. Right on. And and but, and in honor of the HT initials he'll change his company name to hillman technologies from hillman, hillman AB when he comes here h he'll be the other ht in town that's great yeah. well yeah yeah it's got, a nice ring to it. it's got a nice ring to it if you want to rebrand that that's it we'll we'll go with that oh rebranding re is like the digital version of moving and yeah i i hate moving well, I will say two things that you guys said, the interesting part about this whole thing, when, when Hal was talking about support and Jared thinking about something you did with a, with a case study that you did a little while ago for your business, 
Um, one of the most powerful things any business can do, and I, I was in a networking group one time with a guy who ran a, a marketing firm and uh, his, <laughs> he cracked me up. I mean, he had like a lot of little taglines, right? Like, you know, hey, when you can't see for the forest, you can't see the forest for the trees where the chainsaw, right? So he would, he would have all these little lines on what they did for your business. But the one that cracked me up the best was, you know, one day he was, he was giving his little, his little speech and he said, if you can go to your website and your competitor's website, and take the logos off the top and swap them and the website still makes sense, you're telling the wrong story. Like you are not differentiating, right? Like you're, cool. you're, you're telling the same thing. So he kind of had this as a test, the test, right? And he goes, every business says we make a great product at a great price and we pride ourselves on customer service. Every business says that. No business says our product's too expensive, really not that good. And, and we, we don't really serve the customer. Nobody, nobody says that message, right? Like you always have this three-prong approach, good product, great price, great service. He said, but the best way to get that stuff across, the best way to do that is to ask your customers, like, what do your customers say about you to their peers? And if you can get that, if you can get what your customers are saying about you, that's the story. Because when, when, um, when Jared, your customer is on the golf course with one of his peers, he doesn't go Hillman AV has a great price. They have great service and you know, their product was good. It's not what they say. They go, Oh man, geez, Jared came in. We had no idea what we wanted to do. Guy looked at our space. He talked to our people Six months later, we were in this whole new room. We're working in a completely different way than we ever thought was possible. And we can't believe we haven't done this before, right? Like that thing, like they were the unlock. They helped us with the vision. They helped what that story is. That's the story. Like that's the magic. And Jared, you did that in your case study. You actually let your customers talk about how they're using the system and what they got out of it. And instead of you getting up there and talking as handsome as you are, you little yep. devil, um, you know, you, you, you let your customers talk about what they were getting out of the investment that they made. And I just thought that was a really great way to, to let somebody else, you know, kind of bring that home. Cause I think too many case studies are written by our PR people with our buzzwords and not well, written by our clients. You know, the, the other thing too, about that, if I'm thinking about the same case study, the other thing we did is we wait, we, we did that case study a year after the room was done. Yes. Right. Cause I think doing a case study with a client, you know, immediately following, um, an installation is it's fairly straightforward, fairly simple. But what we wanted to capture in that one was too, is it was kind of what Hal spoke about with, with Hall Technologies was the after support. Yeah. Yeah. We did. I mean, we did a great job installing and it was a cool system design and, and, and out of the box, it's really functional, but a year later, how do you feel about it still? That's yeah. You know, great, how, how do you, that's a great perspective and that's, that's, that's really good insight. And, and I have never thought about a case study in that manner, but I'm going to look at it differently because what Mark said is is true. It's generally put together by PR. See, how if you were working with us, you could, um, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to do, you know, innovative things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll keep that in the back of my yeah. mind, but, but I'm pretty happy here. No, I get, it. I get it. But but yeah, it, you know, it was it was it was encouraging to go back to a client a year later and say, hey, yeah. do you want to do a case study on that room with us? And and instead of getting that. Uh, you know, I don't really have the time or, you know, they, they, this client was amazing to say, yeah, we, we do actually, let's talk about it. So I love that. So to, to round out, Hal, thanks for joining us. 
I mean, that's, yeah. I, I, I love that we finally connected in person. We bumped into each other virtually for years. Um, I love that we got to see each other in Las Vegas. And now that I know you're in Carlsbad, I'm going to make sure we see each other because uh, any excuse to go down to Carlsbad is, is a great excuse. Well, yeah. And I'd love to show you guys around all the little local haunts and stuff. You know, I mean, yep. oh. I, moved, I moved there in 1960. That's I need it. I, I need that tour. I oh, need okay. that tour, Hal. I, you know, when I went to Hawaii, I called, you mentioned Bright Sign earlier. There's a guy, Kaleo. Kaleo, uh, who, a longtime yeah. friend. Yeah. I, I made sure I called him because he lived on Oahu before. And I said, hey, where, where do I go to eat? Where do you go to eat when you are in Oahu? And you get that list, right? So I want the Hal Truax tour of Carlsbad. Absolutely. And maybe that's a whole other show. <laughs> the recap well, of that, the recap of that trip that you and I take through Carlsbad is going to be a whole other daybreak episode. Mark and Hal's excellent adventure. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Live streamed. Live streamed. Well, I know we all have businesses to get back to today. Hal, we really appreciate you getting up. You're on West Coast time. You got up early. You got up yeah, at early. You said four o'clock this morning, Hal. Geez, yeah, you beat me up by, by an hour and a half for sure. Well, I had to drive to the office, but it's, it's well worth it. I'm really excited. And I'm, I'm, this is awesome, actually. Really cool. Well, hey, thanks so much. And Jared, hey, man, uh, get that lease done, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And, and I got to keep hunting. <laughs> you got to I know you're, yeah, you're I tried yeah. your efforts next, this morning to recruit Hal. Who's our guest next week? We're fruitless. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, Jared just Jared just invites people on who he's trying start, to recruit in the Hill yeah, on Avery. Start leveraging Daybreak as a recruiting tool. Yeah, yeah. If well, you if you have an open to work LinkedIn um, circle around your profile <laughs> you photo, go. you are a potential candidate for AV yeah. for for the Daybreak podcast. Willing to relocate. <laughs> willing to relocate. That's awesome. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hopefully you got something out of uh, listening to Hal, his industry experience and, and going through a rebrand. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on Daybreak. Thanks very much. Take care.